Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast. A podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things. All while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Cheese Pit Podcast. Now, let me tell you why I'm excited. You guys know I'm always excited about my guests or else I wouldn't have them on the podcast. But I, first of all, found our next guest on TikTok. And if you haven't, you should. She's hilarious. I love it. But this is her first podcast. And I always love having people who've never been on a podcast because we have such an amazing community. You guys are always so unbelievably supportive. So uh, this week we have Lorena. Is it Jacino or Husino? Husino. Okay. Just making yeah. sure. I always like to yeah. make sure. So welcome. How are you, Lorena? Good. I'm excited and nervous. Don't be nervous. I, Don't be nervous. <laughs> I actually have my wine here. <laughs> Good. Yay. I was about to wine. ask you if you had your yeah. wine with you because I never force anybody. I want to make sure people feel very comfortable. In fact, you're from Puerto Rico. You're from Ponce, Puerto Rico. And I actually didn't realize that there are some um, Puerto Rican wineries. Yeah, they're up there's and coming. A- I'm ashamed to say I haven't really tried one yet. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just going to have to make a visit and I'm going to yeah. have to go because I real I don't know if you realize or if you knew, I actually created the very first directory of Latin owned wine brands based in the United Ooh. States. Technically, you know, Puerto, Puerto I can't talk. Puerto Rico is a territory and I would love so I need to find all those so I can create mm-hmm. one for if people visit or they're there and like go visit family or just go for vacation. They know where to go for some wine. So I'm going to need to get that. I have actually connected with one of them. And they're like, let us know when you want to come. So got to do that. That's amazing. Like I said, I found you on TikTok, as many people have. And I'm really, really excited because, look, I know the value of you have over 236,000 followers. So not meek by any stretch of the imagination. You have a, a pretty good audience. But what caught my eye, and I always love, you know, people do skits and people do all these things, but what caught my attention, the first skit that I found, I don't know exactly which one, but it was one of the ones when they're traveling and they think they don't need a passport. And you're like, you're acting as like the gate agent. You're like, yeah, you need a passport. You get the Karen side and the gate agent Mm -hmm. side. And I just was laughing so hard because I travel a lot and I've seen it. And I'm always like, oh, I've totally. Yeah. I've just read articles about it, but I've never witnessed it in person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not those exact things, but I always find you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why are you going to be so upset? These people cannot do anything for you. They're just following orders. If it's really bad weather, they are not a pilot. They're not out there. Mm-hmm. They're not controlling the weather. Like, calm down. Like, yeah. it's okay. So I've definitely seen that. I've seen my fair share of people getting really crazy. I just put my headset on and mm-hmm. <laughs> just listen to music, watch something. <laughs> zone out. Yeah. Yeah. Just zone out because I'm like, ay, yeah, yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't even deal with, I don't want that energy around me. And then I'm always oh. like, please don't be on my flight. Please don't, please don't be sitting next to me. <laughs> but before we get into like how you got into all of that, all of the stuff, before we get into that cheese, may we always start with the wine. And yes, already showed me your wine. What do you know what kind of wine you're drinking tonight? It's six, eight, nine. It's from Napa. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I actually literally just did a podcast right before this. So I'm drinking the same wine because I have this little mm-hmm. bottle that's only like, it only has two. And I was like, oh, well, that's perfect. It only has two glasses. I need one for each podcast. And it's called perfect. Modern Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's from Bulgaria. Ooh, I've never yeah. tried a Bulgarian wine. At Costco, they have these 
advent calendars, these wine advent calendars. Mm-hmm. And there are these wines from all over the world, places you would never expect. And I love that because it really kind of forces you to get out of your comfort, comfort zone, zone. Yeah. or try something that you would have never thought of or very different. I'm very much a cow. I love my cabs. I'm a California cab girl. What mm-hmm. wines do you normally drink? I drink this one a lot at home because when I come, I'm at my mom's house right now and she loves this one. So this is what the one I've been drinking lately. I usually order a Pinot or a Cabernet. Depends on if I'm visiting a new country, if I order a wine from that country, but I'm not really good with wine. So I try them and I'm like, okay, I like it. I'll keep drinking it. Okay. So let me just say that's like perfect that you're Mm -hmm. willing to try things because I get people on here that are like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm drinking this wine and it might be like a $5 bottle wine. I don't care. Like I always say the best wine is the wine that you like. Everybody has a different palate. Everybody has things that they like and don't like. You don't have to have a $100 wine to get something good out of it so as long as you like it that's what matters and yeah experimental and it's all relative because a really expensive bottle here might be three euros in spain so it's all the price is all relative exactly and i love three dollar trader joe's wine yes it's not it's still called two bucks chuck but it's not two bucks anymore i actually i do use that for like cooking wine too because yeah you just want the flip you know you're burning off the alcohol anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that I do get a lot of really amazing wines from these Latineo wineries and they are so good. But I do like to try different ones. I have a, a wine bar called Whetstone Wine Bar a couple mm-hmm. blocks from me. And they always have these very crazy, like the first time I tried a Georgian wine and I'm talking Georgia, Ooh. the country, not the state, yeah. was from there. I've had a wine from Greece from there. I've had like these very, very cool wines. They're very eclectic and I love how they all, and they're always changing them out. The owner is Filipino and Panamanian. Ooh, that's a cool mix. Yes, he's so cool. His name's Christian. Like if you come to the area, guys, go to Whetstone Wine Bar, tell him Jessica from the Wine and Cheese sent you. He'll hook you up because he's amazing. All right. Salud. Salud. There's my, there's my sound effect. Yeah, clink, clink. This is actually a plastic glass. Oh, you get nice. You can't even tell. Yeah, no. I actually saw some. There you go. I saw some at Hobby Lobby because we had to go to Hobby Lobby for something. Yeah. And they had some, and I was like, and it was plastic wine glasses. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would have never guessed that. If I might eventually buy some because I take the podcast on tour. And instead of buying the plastic throwing ones, I'm like, oh, maybe in the future yeah. I could get those and like, you know, bring those. I'm very so clumsy. Me- <laughs> yeah. So I need the plastic ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and read your bio and then we'll get into all of the chisme. Born in Ponce, Puerto Rico, Lorena moved to New Mexico when she was two years old, where she spent her preschool years and then moved back to PR a few weeks before turning six. She then went to school in, is it Yacao? Yauco. Yauco. Okay, I was, I was, th- I had, that's actually what I was thinking yes. in my head and it came out different. Which is where I am right now, actually. Oh, is that where you're at? Yes. Just until 20 she, minutes from Ponce. Oh, okay. Until yeah. she graduated high school. She studied biology for a couple of years at the University of Puerto Rico in my guess, and wait, I just lost my place, before transferring to the University of Sacred Heart in San Juan to study film production. During that time, she participated in a student exchange program with NYU and spent a semester studying there. That's when she took her first acting class and completely fell in love with it and decided that's what she wanted to do with her life. After she went back to Puerto Rico to finish her degree before moving to New York officially, she graduated college, went on to study for two years at the William Esper Studio in Manhattan. I've heard of that. That's like a pretty prestigious Yeah, it's really small, but there's a few well-known actors that have come out of it. It's a little Uh, tiny studio. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of that before. So maybe it's from some well-known actors talking about it before. So that's very cool. And then after she started auditioning, managing, I like how you put, managed to book a couple off 
off off <laughs> off Broadway short plays, a sketch show, and a short film. During this time, she had multiple part-time jobs to pay the bills. So as you like what you normally hear, right? Waitress, receptionist, coat check attendant, etc. And then obviously COVID happens and you start a TikTok account, as many like of us did. So many people. Yeah. <laughs> like 99% of the right. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the first few months, she was doing videos using trending sounds until she started doing her own skits and people seemed to like them. So she kept doing more. Like that's that's where I found you. I didn't find you on trending sounds. I found you from your own skits. Skits. Yes. Then once life went back to normal, she booked a few more jobs, including some more short films and continued making TikToks and working other side jobs before being a candy cane greeter at Radio City Music Hall one December and handing out flyers for Broadway show discounts in Times Square. I've been to Times Square and you're like, you have all those people doing Yeah, that and everyone's just ignoring you. Yes. In the yes. middle of winter, just standing there handing Next some time- I need to just take it just because now I feel bad. <laughs> They're actually really good discounts. Are they? And you know what? Yeah. I still have not been to a Broadway show. Oh. And I keep saying, so oh, good. I want to go. I want to go. And I, yeah, I, it's I, really I, fun. I, I, okay. I'm going to go. I mean, choose one that you're interested in the, in the plot or the music. Cause they're all different. It's like, yeah. these, you're going to like some, you're not going to like others. Yeah. It all depends on the yes. story and the songs. But I, I love them. Uh, yeah. And then you got a job making UGC, which stands for user generated at creator ads and had the opportunity yes. to be remote and be a full-time content creator. Obviously doing that, you got to go back to Puerto Rico for a few months, travel. And then you got into the TikTok beta program where you're able to monetize the skits and focus more on getting back into your acting productions. And this is so cool. You were recently in London taking a six-week acting course at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art before you went to Puerto Rico for the holidays. That is so cool. And we will get to all of these different things. But I always think it's you, you're very, very creative. I always admire people that have that type of creativity. I feel like I have all of this stuff in my head and then it never translates the way I wanted to <laughs> when I do that. But I was also somebody who I grew up me and my sisters and me and my friends and stuff would always be putting on shows and plays and stuff like that. Is that how you were growing up? Were you somebody yes. who was just always drawn to that? Yes, always with either with my cousins or my neighbors. I had a few neighbors my age and with my cousins, at least, or family friends, all the kids, we used to put on little talent shows and we made our own choreographies in like an hour and then we forced all the adults to watch us. Yes. Yeah. Every, every Friday we got together. We got together a lot of Fridays, every birthday, every holiday, there was a performance. Oh my yeah. gosh. We, One we time were, we form a band. Did you? <laughs> yeah, Ours were lasted, so much acting versus dancing. We would do dancing ones. I never trained as a dancer. I did take a couple of classes, but I don't consider myself that good of, I'm really bad at learning choreography. So we just did really simple dances. I was mostly in the back or in a corner, but I loved it. And yeah, that was our, we put So on what shows. was your role when you would do like the skits and stuff? What was your role? Were you like the, were you like, okay, you're going to be this person. You're going to be this person. I'm going to be this person. What was your role in that? It depends if I was the oldest that moment, or not necessarily the oldest, if I was with the kids that listened to me, then I was directing. But if there was, for example, an older cousin or a friend that had more, I don't know, leadership skills and everyone just listened to them. So it all depended. But when I was around 11, I got a, a video camera for Christmas. And that's when I started shooting my my own little movies, home videos, and I got forced everyone to be in them. And we recreated novella scenes. I'm trying to convert them to digital because they're MBHS to get all of those videos because all of them have been begging me to finally convert them so they can watch them because we haven't seen them in years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I bet you when you finally get that done and converted, it's you're probably you you all will probably just sit there in awe and laughing and oh remember this? Oh, I remember yeah. this. 
we didn't have video, like a video recorder, which I get mad at my parents for, because I'm like, you know, my parents, they, my mom, they had tapes like those eight millimeter cameras, yeah. no sound, but just all the, and I'm like, you guys had that, but then you didn't do anything for us. How rude. Like we have no yeah. videos. <laughs> there was a period of time where no one took pictures or recorded, I, I think, because there's a big chunk of my childhood where, where we don't have that many videos. But then at one point, people started getting cameras again and started filming more. But yeah, there's a, like a a few years in the 90s, late 90s, where I don't think we have videos of that time, at least in uh, my family. Yeah. Late 90s. I feel so old. I was already graduated high school by the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually yeah. said you lived in New Mexico for a little bit. What part of New Mexico did you live in? It was near Clovis. It was an Air Force base because oh, my okay. dad was in the Air Force for four years. Got yeah. it. I actually lived in Albuquerque for a couple of years. I went there and I, I know it's beautiful, but I don't remember. Girl, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I graduated high school there. We moved to Albuquerque two weeks before my junior year in high school. Okay. So you graduated Cal from there? Yes. We moved back to California a week after I graduated high school. Okay. So I wasn't even there two full years, but I've not been back since besides driving oh, through. Yeah. I've not been back since. I think I just had such a, had such a traumatizing time there because like I said, we moved, I had my place in school. I yeah. was a cheerleader. I played softball. I was in student government. I was like in, involved in all these things. And then I go to a city. I don't know a single person. I tryouts for cheerleading had obviously already happened, like all these things. So it was kind of traumatizing what, the time that I lived there. Yeah, so having to start cool. over at a time where you're supposed to be ending that stage, mm -hmm. like spending totally. your last two years of high school in a different place. Yeah, it was not fun. But I love, so I love hearing that you like, that's kind of something that you were always in. But what about when you were going through school? Like, did you audition for plays? Like as you grew into yourself, right? Yeah. Is that something that you were still interested in still doing or were you focused on other things? So we didn't have school plays in my school. Here in my town, I went to a Catholic school most of the time. And for middle school, I was a Christian Baptist school. And then I went back to my other school and there wasn't a big arts program. There was a choir and I was part of the choir for every time I had an opportunity to sing in church but it was only church songs. And yeah, we, uh, the Catholic school, we didn't have plays. Like I know in the States, most schools have their yearly plays and you audition and you have the drama clubs. We didn't have any of that in my school. So yeah, the, the arts in my town were, wasn't a big thing. There was a place where I did take ballet classes for, for like a month, but it wasn't that great. If you really wanted to be in the arts at that time, you had to go to San Juan or Ponce or Mayagüez, the nearer cities. There wasn't that much to you. So how did yeah. you like, I'm sure you still had that desire to yeah. create. What, so what would you do during that time? So the only thing we had was talent shows, but the talent shows were mostly dances and we weren't, no one was a dancer. So we just did very simple choreographies and presented them at the end of the year. That was it. And at least with my friends, when we were around fifth grade, we loved recreating bring it on scenes. We really <laughs> wanted to be cheerleaders. So yeah, we we just try to be creative outside of school or outside of we didn't have a drama club or a dance club. So we just did it ourselves, but right. without any learning about any technique or anything. The only theater class I had was one year they did get a theater teacher when I was in my junior year in high school. That's the only theater class I've had. And we did a, a short play for the kindergartners. But that was it. I like my how it wasn't school. for anybody but the kindergartners. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was like a we did like a circus. But no one had skills to be part of the circus, not even <laughs> juggling or any, anything. So I don't really remember what we did. Yeah. And then the so other school funny. I went to, they were very strict when it came to 
dancing wasn't allowed at all, only singing in the church. It was a really fun school outside of that, those rules, but we didn't have like a way of, of expressing ourselves that wasn't singing church songs. I would imagine that would kind of be frustrating or feeling stifled yeah. almost because you're here you are somebody who wants to perform, who does these skits for your your family and, and everything. And then you go to school and like you said, a lot of kids have drama classes and everything and they mm -hmm. get to hone it and they get to kind of have that outlet and get their first taste of auditioning and their first taste of this. And you didn't really get to have any of that. Yeah, I had a teacher that did allow us to my homeroom room teacher in seventh grade. She, I took the camera one day and we started doing skits and she always allowed us to do that. But that was it. Yeah, yeah those skits never left the classroom. We watched them ourselves. I edited them myself. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> don't you, isn't it funny with the things mm -hmm. that you remember that you did and you're like, how did I do that? But we figure it out, right? Like when you want to do yeah. something, you figure it out. But then you graduate and you decide to study biology. What yeah. made you want to study biology if you had this? Because it seems like you've always had this really deep desire to perform. Yeah. So during high school, since we didn't have any classes, like drama classes or anything, when I turned like 15, I stirred away from doing videos because everyone was growing up and that wasn't cool anymore. So everyone had other interests. I was in the volleyball team. I wasn't really good, but still <laughs> I was there. I felt like it wasn't realistic. I thought at that time to perform, you needed to have been doing it since you were a kid or taking classes. And I felt I had no talent at that time. And I was trying to be realistic because I did look into, look into college art programs, but then I I thought there was no one in my family that had pursued the arts. So I didn't have that someone that could guide me or the counselor from school. They always encouraged us to pursue either medicine, law or engineering, because those are the three careers here in Puerto Rico that are going to make you money. Wow. Yeah. Growing up, did you have somebody that you kind of looked up to? Because I like when I grew up, there wasn't much Latino representation. Hmm. I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s. I was already like grown, I guess, when like Salma Hayek came out mm -hmm. and Jennifer Lopez came out. Like I wasn't, I remember when I found out and I've said this on a previous podcast, like Wonder Woman, Linda Carter was like half Mexican because I loved yeah. Wonder Woman growing up. I was so excited. But even being a light-skinned Latina, I still never felt like I was represented because nobody on TV talked like my family. Nobody looked like my family. Because we all know that our community, we're not a monolith in the same family. You can have mm -hmm. somebody way darker complected and lighter complected and all of the different things in between. And I never felt like we were seen. I never felt like I was seen. Did you ever, because I know in Puerto Rico, you have like some, there's, you have your local programming as well. Did you have somebody in Puerto Rico that you're like, admired and then outside of that in like the greater things is there anybody that you looked up to growing up and performing so Puerto Rico does have its local tv but the film industry is not that big and I don't think growing up I had a Puerto Rican movie that I watched there are some but there, I watched them later in life but we did get all the programming from Mexico Colombia and that way I did feel like I, I didn't feel I, I'm not seeing any Latino representation because I'm seeing all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing Mexico doing its thing. Colombia's doing it that way. I remember my grandparents had a Spanish channel from Spain. So there was also that. I was seeing all of that. And then I also watching everything coming out of Hollywood. So um, from my perspective at that time was everyone's doing their own own things. I wasn't really aware of the lack of representation in the States yet when I was really young. I just remember never seeing any Puerto Ricans like the ones I knew because there's so many Puerto Ricans that moved there after college or after high school to have better opportunities. But I've hardly seen Puerto Ricans that move from the island. The ones I've seen are very stereotypical or they grew up in the States. Yeah, so that's why I've always wanted to see more of. 
And I've also wanted Puerto Rico to have its own industry, bigger industry. Mm -hmm. That's why I was always what I was always longing for. Right. Is there any I, I'm trying to think. I think Rosalind Sanchez is from Puerto mm -hmm. Rico. I think she grew up in Puerto Rico. That's the yes. only person I can think of off the top of my head. Benicio Obviously, del Toro, del Toro. like the only yeah, the other one. Oh, ben, uh, yeah. and then but out, that's like acting side. Well, I guess technically Ricky Martin did. He was Menudo first and, and then he went into acting. And then he went back. Yeah. I remember when he was on General Hospital and I hated I, him with I don't, long hair. <laughs> yes, girl. Okay. I grew up with Menudo, right? I grew up with mm -hmm. the popular time of Menudo. Yeah. So I was like all about it, loved it. And then obviously they all age out and they, whatever, and you get older. So you would kind of age out of that as well. Mm -hmm. Then I remember when he showed up on, like, I remember listening to his music, but I remember seeing him and I would always be like, cut your hair. I remember when it started getting long. And then when he was on General Hospital, it was like long and wavy. And I hated it. So I remember when he had his long wavy hair. Yes, yeah. I am not. I think just in general, I'm not like, at least for me, then as soon as he cut it, I was like, mm -hmm. there he is. <laughs> That's his look. That's the look. And he hasn't yeah. gone long since. But music wise, there has definitely there's been an impact. But you're right. Acting wise, there's very few. We can only name two. There's probably more. I'm trying probably. to think if there's another one, but big, big. Yeah, um, Raul Julia, which he, oh, who may rest yeah. in peace. And uh, if you guys don't know who that is, I'm sure you do because you're in my audience, but Gomez. Gomez Adams from the Adams Family movies. Also very Wait, a well-known theater actor. I was about to, didn't he study in London as well? I have to check. Why check I would play. know that random piece of information, I have no idea, but I tend to know random piece of this, pieces of information. Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese mix. Then you decide you're done with that. I'm assuming you're like, you know what? Biology is not it. I when really I was about to, yeah, when I was about to start studying for the MCAT, which is the medical school entrance exam, for a year I've already been. This is not really what I want, and I remember always because I. The school I started in, which is in Maya West, it's very intense, academically intense. And it's pre-calculus classes are really hard. And a lot of people flunk. They have to repeat those classes. So first, I was never really good at math. I was good in the I was good in biology and all of that, but not in math. And you needed to take all those calculus classes to get your degree to go to medical school. So I was really struggling with that. I still love anatomy. I'm still really interested in that. But at one point I realized this might not be the thing for me. And I remember always wishing to be able to take more art classes. And I remember the school had a theater club, but I, I wasn't able to join because I didn't have time because I was always studying. So I was always wishing. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do this, but I have to study. I wish I could do this, but I have to study. And it was during my third year in college when... I gave up. I was like, I can't do this anymore. You were studying something that you didn't want to do for three years? No, at first I did want it that. The first year it was, I think I convinced myself that that's what I wanted. So that first year I was like, I love this. I love the school. All my friends were there. So I had a big community there and I loved that. So I think that was, I was able to, okay, I just have to get through this. I have to get through these classes because I did love the biology part of it. And I was like, okay, I just have to deal with the hard classes that I don't like to be able to get through this. As time went on and I started taking more classes, I was like, I really don't like this. I hate this. I just want to take more art classes, history classes, but I didn't have time. So it was a slow process of me realizing that that wasn't what was meant for me. So when you finally decided, okay, this is done, I'm done. I'm going to go to Sacred Heart in San Juan and mm -hmm. you have but you have to tell your parents guess what yeah. I'm not doing this anymore and I'm gonna study film production what was that conversation like were they supportive or were they like I está loca yeah they está loca <laughs> yeah so 
that semester before I transfer, I was taking classes in a smaller campus of the University of Puerto Rico. My plan was just to keep taking, going back to the Mayaguez campus, which I loved. But then it was a very dark few months. I was like, what am I doing? I hated everything. I hated those classes. I was away from from my friends. I think I needed that to think about what I wanted, that isolation. And one day, it was one day when I was just, I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, I once had a conversation with a friend of mine. And we were talking about what would you do if, if money didn't depend it on it? What would you study if you didn't have to think, oh, I have to get a job. I have to earn this amount of money. And then that's when I say, oh, I will work something related to film. And I think that was one of the... Like aha moments? The aha moments, yeah. And I, I think a few months after that was when I decided to transfer. And it was in May when I started to, when I decided to transfer. It wasn't like early. Oh my god! It was gosh. very last minute. And I started Googling programs in which I, I knew I could get accepted easier. And at that point, I was afraid to even admit to myself that I liked acting and all of that. So I was like, okay, let, let me just go behind the the cameras. And I applied because that school, the Sacred Heart, which it's Sagrado is what they call it here. They're really known for the communications program and their communications program has their film production degree. So I applied for that. And I, and I, that time I didn't really know what film production entailed. I just went there. Yeah. That's so crazy. I mean, that's late in May. Yeah. But you know what? I like how you said, you know, you finally had that aha moment because I think so often that's very telling, right? In regards to mm -hmm. what would you do if money wasn't an option? Like if money was no object, what would you do? And honestly, this is what I would do. I would make it bigger. I would travel, travel mm -hmm. more. So I get to do it in some aspect, maybe not as large and grandiose as I would eventually want, but I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. I love hearing people's stories. Like I'm just so like fascinated with people. And unfortunately, I think some people do it like they don't have that conversation with themselves. The theme of this year is it's never too late. Right? Yeah. And I just say it may not look like you thought it would look when you're a kid, but it's never too late. So even in that moment, you're probably thinking, oh, great. But it was you figured out a way to do it. And it wasn't too late because you got into the program. <laughs> yeah. And eventually you are able to do a student exchange program to go to New York. Had you been to New York before then? I had on, on vacation. I've been there, I think, a couple of times, like two or three times. I make really short trips. And I love New York. I've always wanted, I've always said, because one of my favorite movies growing up, it's Home Alone 2, the one where he gets lost <laughs> yeah. in New York. And it was always my dream to to go to New York by myself. Yeah. And spend more time there. Yes. No, I do love New York. I always said if, you know, if I would have moved to New York instead of Dallas, I would have mm -hmm. probably never moved back to California because I love <laughs> But now I'm like, oof, you know, I love New York, but I and I I've gone at least for a week the la each year for the last couple of years. I will go. I am gonna go again this year. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm not going to lie. I love my relaxed life in San Diego. I'm a San Diego girl through and through. I'm a wimp too. I am a wimpy Californian. I'm not just a wimpy Californian. I am a wimpy San Diegan. We are <laughs> spoiled with our weather. It gets below 60. It gets to 60 degrees and we're like freezing our buns off. Yeah, I've always heard great things about San Diego. I want to visit one day because everyone I, I speak to, it's like their favorite California city. Oh, yeah. I love it here. Yeah. I'm so fortunate that I got to grow up in San Diego County and mm -hmm. I love it here. And I would I don't ever want to live anywhere else, but I want to explore everywhere when you're in NYU, because obviously NYU has a pretty robust theater program, right? Is Tisch, yeah. is the Tisch School of the Arts part of NYU? Yes, that's their big acting and film school. Okay. See, girl, I think that's, I it's the art school. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember lots of little things. Yeah. So did you have a chance to study there while you were doing that? Yeah. So I took, I think two classes there. I took a, an acting for the camera class and a 
directing the actors class. And it was really hard to get classes at Tisch, I remember, because I was studying film. So I thought, okay, I'm obviously going to take all the film classes I want. But then they were like, oh, no, you student exchange pro programs can't take the classes here. And I was what? like, wait, what, what classes am I, <laughs> I going to take? And then they told me, oh, you have to wait until electives open up and see if there's space for you. So those were the two classes that had spaces available for me because I wanted to take the bigger film classes, the ones that were required for my degree, and I wasn't able to. Oh, man, yeah. that must have been so I would be so disappointed because you're like, I'm coming here for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was frustrating because I still decided to go for the opportunity, but it it delayed my graduation. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't take the classes, the class I needed that semester and I had to wait the other semester to then take the other one I needed because I couldn't take them at the same time. So, yeah, it delayed my graduation, not my graduation. I, I think I was still going to graduate, but I, I was supposed to finish in December and then I had to wait until the other May to finish. So when you how long were you in New York for during that time? A semester. So from January till May. So were you able to explore and do the things that you wanted? Did you yes. get lost in New York, Lorena? <laughs> I did every day. I was spoiled because I was staying at the NYU dorms and it was right in the middle, right there. A 20... Washington Square? Yes. So I could walk everywhere and I was right in the middle of everything. So every day when I was free, I just walked and walked and walked and uh. I explored. The Honestly, the first time I went and I realized like the NYU was right there, literally like mm -hmm. you walk out and Washington Square is right there. All these things yeah. are right there. And I was like, man, my parents are so lucky I never visited here <laughs> or else I would have been like, yeah, that's where I'm going to college. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to transfer there, but it, it was so, so much more expensive than my school here. And I wasn't gonna, I was gonna have so much student debt for just one year. That I had left the classes, so I was like, it's not worth it. I'm just going to go back, finish, and then move back to New York. But then, you, yeah, I was about to say, then you graduated and then you did go back, right? To go yes. to the, the William Esper studio, William Esper studio. So you lived yes. there for, so you lived there for another two years doing, doing that. So obviously you didn't, you weren't able to get some of those classes you were at Tisch, but you got some exposure, but William Esper like I said, I had heard of it. I don't know where I'd heard of mm -hmm. William S. for Studio Girl. Again, things just fall out at random, fall in and fall out at random times. Yeah. Um, so when you go to a studio like that to study acting, what does mm -hmm. that entail? How intense is that? Like, I imagine, I don't know. I have no clue. Okay, so I was really afraid before starting because everyone in Puerto Rico was warning me about, oh, New York, they're very hardcore. They're they're going to destroy you. They're so critical. It's really tough. So I was really afraid because I didn't really have that much acting experience. That last year in Puerto Rico, I did take basic acting classes and I did a short film plus my film classes. But I still didn't feel like I've taken, like I was properly trained in acting and a lot of the kids studying acting in New York have been acting since they were kids. So I was I was really afraid, really nervous. And when I get there, everyone's so nice and so kind. I was nervous for the whole two years there. I didn't feel like I deserved to be there because a lot of people there already had a lot of experience. They came from drama high schools that were well known for their drama programs. And I was just starting like the fame high school yeah but in other cities or they already had experience or had bfas and just wanted to continue taking more acting classes i still didn't feel like i belonged there but it was just me in my head because everyone was so kind and i've heard stories of other drama schools so i, I got lucky with the one i picked really like what yeah. like people are just like cutthroat yeah in other ones, but the at least um, I got so lucky with the one I went to. So like when you go, because is it like a, I mean, I don't, is it like a traditional school or do you take workshops? Like, how does that work? Because I'm so like, I see in my head, 
I probably am envisioning something totally different. Is it a school or is it just a school or is it just like, yeah, I don't know. It's a studio. Um, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a university. It's not a, a school score. Like a school of acting. Yeah, it's a, it is a school of acting and that's the only thing that you can study there. There's no other, like other subjects that you study there. It's just, you can either pick just to take the acting courses or you can add other courses like voice and speech, movement. What was your favorite thing that you did? The first, because I started doing a summer intensive and then I continue for the two years. So I took a movement class and that's what my favorite class to take. I did. Okay, is movement like when you're doing like, it's like, like to, <laughs> to the basic movements, they play you music and you let loose and it helps you get in your body, get out of your head to follow your impulses. The more advanced movement classes, they help you like figure out the characters movements. Like if they're from another period, how would they move and all of that. But yeah, the ones I've taken have been all about letting go. Like, and- you know, those, um, those little things at the car dealerships and stuff. That's yeah, <laughs> it's like that. Literally, that's how we look. <laughs> that's how they're always in in dance studios and they have mirrors. So I always try to not look in the mirror because <laughs> everyone. I would just imagine you start cracking close. up. Yeah, you know, yeah. during that time because you're there, you're supporting yourself, mm-hmm. or auditioning while you're doing these things, and then you're like you said, like those traditional things that you hear the actor do waitress receptionist coat check whatever and then obviously covid boom stops everything yep and i'm sure just like everybody felt like what are we gonna do life has stopped i don't know what we're gonna do and for somebody like i mean a lot of us i wasn't i fortunately had a position where i could work remotely because we worked remotely Mm -hmm. even prior to the pandemic so it wasn't it was a change for me and the fact that I didn't really get to see anybody. Me and my dog went on a whole lot of walks. That's for <laughs> sure. We were, you know, it was really eerie. But when you're doing something like acting where you do have to be around people, you have to feed off people. And I am that way. So mm-hmm. I kind of, if I didn't have my dog, I would have, which who is since we had to put him down a couple months ago. Oh, I'm my, so my sorry. Baby Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. I, it was very, very hard. It but he kept really me going. Hard. He kept me going Yeah, through all of that. But I had to go where even if people, like even at the beach, people were staying their distance, but I'm mm-hmm. an empath and I'm super extroverted. So that's kind of almost like, okay, I have to be careful yeah. of who's around me because I don't want to feel any negative energy, mm-hmm. but I still need to be around people so I can have my sanity, right? Yeah. But for acting, like everything you do, you have to, you are constantly around people. Yeah. And then even the jobs that you were doing as a waitress, receptionist, coat check, like those all involve being around people. And that changes for you in an instant, you and millions of people, right? But for Mm -hmm. you, like, it must have been a concern of how, okay, crap, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay my bills? Because your jobs, all of your jobs have stopped. Thankfully, at that point, I wasn't working as a waitress anymore. I was working as a receptionist at that point at a dance school and the dance school had to close. So I, I was able to get the unemployment check. So that's how I was paying my bills during that time. I had my two roommates at that time and it was just us. The whole city was empty. It was like a ghost town. It was crazy. And I remember at first I was, everyone was afraid to just go for walks because we didn't really know how COVID just transmitted itself, mm-hmm. if it was in the air. So for a while, everyone was just afraid to even just walk outside oh out of fear God. of bumping into people. I will say that yeah. was the benefit of Sandy because we're a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. not as dense, but yeah. you would see people like I'd be walking my dog. Somebody would be walking their dog on the same side of the street. And then one of us would cross the street. Mm-hmm. So you constantly having people crossing the street because there's no cars right? Nobody's go. Where are you going to go? Nobody's going anywhere. So everybody's constantly crossing the street to avoid somebody else walking their dog. So that's when you started, like everybody else, like we're talking about, started a TikTok account. Yeah. I didn't really know much about TikTok at that time. I knew there was an app called TikTok and 
The funny thing is that months before, it was November 2019, and there was a Jonas Brothers concert in, in Brooklyn. And me and my roommate were like the same day, oh, there's a let's just go. <laughs> Very last minute. The singer that was opening welcomed to the stage a few dancers. And one of the dancers was Charlie D'Amelio, who's fam- like the famous oh, yeah. TikToker. Uh-huh. I had no idea who that was at that time. I had no idea what TikTok was, anything. And then fast forward to March that I'm alone, I see people sharing, I think, TikToks on Instagram. I was like, what is this? Because I was bored. And I just opened. It took me a few days because I was like, what is TikTok exactly? Because I didn't want to lose myself to another social media platform because I knew I was going to be scrolling the whole time. Girl, it is so hard. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to get involved with with another social media thing. But I was bored. So I just opened the account and I saw people I knew doing trends. It's like, okay, let me just do it. I have nothing else to do. So at first I started doing dances, but I'm very bad at learning even a TikTok dance, like a 10 second TikTok dance. So at first I struggled a lot with that. And then I just started doing a lot of trending sounds, which with whatever I could relate to them. The skits came months later. Well, I love your skits. And if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of play audio of one of them. Uh Uh, um, Let's see. I want to do, I'm trying to pick, I I had it and then I accidentally got out. So trying to see which one we want to do. Okay. The No Passport Costa Rica. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna play that one. I need your passport. I left it. I brought my license. Need to see your passport. You're traveling internationally. I don't need a passport to go to Costa Rica. I'm an American. You still need a passport. No, I was told I didn't. Who told you that? One of those travel TikToks that mentioned where Americans can travel without passports. Well, not everything you see on the internet is true. I looked it up and it's true. It's not. Look, it's so early. If you don't live far, you have time to go back, get your passport. No, no, no. I have friends that traveled there recently and they weren't asked for their passports. Are you sure they weren't going to San Jose, California? Pretty sure. I don't know what to tell you. You work here and it's your job to know this. This is why they shouldn't hire people without college degrees. I have a college degree, not that it matters. Did you get me someone else that knows geography? Meg, she doesn't have her passport to go to Costa Rica. Am you need a passport to go to Costa Rica. Wow, what type of people do they have working here? They're all stupid. Next. Oh, go ahead. Ignore me. Go get your passport and then you can come back here. I have the list right here of places that I don't need a passport to go to. Costa Rica is right here. Ma'am, this is Puerto Rico. Yeah, I'm flying to St. Joe's. Your ticket is to San Jose, Costa Rica. Different way of saying it. No, Puerto Rico, Costa Rica. I suggest you take a look at a map. I'm just going to go find someone more competent. Okay. And there are so many more like that. And I love it because I think we can all relate to having that person who is just unreasonable. Look, I'm not going to lie. I can be what the apparently the Latino or the Latina equivalent is a Yolanda, which is my mom's mm-hmm. name, by the way. <laughs> and I could be a Yolanda. I can definitely. But I. But Wait, like, what's I a like, Yolanda? Like the Latina Karen. Okay. I have. I thought it was Carmen. I heard, I heard someone say it was Carmen, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because of. Uh, it's funny because I just saw a TikTok earlier. Yolanda Saldivar. Oh who, yeah. One who murders Selena. So people are are saying that they're gonna be standing outside of the prison when she gets released next year. So that's yeah. what I just thought about. You know, it's so funny because my mom, my mom does not like her name. And I was like, so my mom, uh, she's like, name a famous Yolanda. My sister goes, Yolanda who killed Felipe. And my mom's like, oh, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's not who I want to be associated with. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to be pushed. Like to get to that point, right? It has Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm, because I've worked in customer service. I always think like everybody should have to work as a server. Everybody should have to work in retail. Even if Everybody, it's just one day. Just one day. Say, just one day. One day. Or be a server. One day work in retail. Yeah. One day work in customer service. And I've done all of those things. 
Yeah. So, and and my fiance, he works in the service industry as well. So, you know, we, we definitely try and give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there was one time we actually did go to one place here in San Diego that it's more like visual. The service was horrible. Yeah. He never not gives it. He always like really gives minimum 20%. Normally it's more, right? Normally it's like 30% that he gives. Wow. The service was so bad that actually I'll say the place because (laughs) no one goes there. Yeah. It's called Cocomaya here in Little Italy. And it's a beautiful place, but the service was so bad. We didn't even leave a tip. Like that never happened. That's never happened in my life that I have not left a tip. And that's how bad the service was at Cocomaya. And is it a really popular place that people uh, go? It used to be like there used to be lines, but the food is not that like the food is really expensive and it's not that great. Yeah. I would rather go to a taco shop Mm -hmm. and have have a better meal. Yeah. And have a way better meal and be full than then go there because it was the food isn't that great. And it's really expensive because you're paying for the ambiance. That's what you're Mm -hmm. paying for. There's a lot of places in New York that are like that. They're all Instagram famous, mm-hmm. but then they might not be bad, but it's not worth it. They're really expensive and the food is average. Yeah, I will say I'm very fortunate when I go, I stay with friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I haven't, but last time I was there, my friends were supposed to, I still have not had Dominican food. Where, in New York? Yeah, and they're fr- both of them are Dominican and they're supposed to take me I was like, girls, take me. I want a really authentic place. And they're like, yes, yes. And but we were so busy because I was so busy with getting stuff ready for the podcast event Mm -hmm. that I was having there that we didn't. And like the day before I was leaving, I was like, we didn't even go to Dominican food. (laughs) But like I said, I'll be back this year. Next time. Yes. And I'll let you know. If I'm there. (laughs) there, I'm always all over the place. (laughs) If you're not in London, if you're not in Puerto Rico, if you're not- You let me know. I'll let you know. Yes. You know, I think so many people can relate to it. And obviously you do like, you've said you read them and sometimes you probably do an over-exaggeration of Mm -hmm. things. But what was the thing that made you decide to start doing those types of skits? Which one? The the No, just then, yeah, like- In general? you You did a whole series of airport ones. Yeah. What was the first skit you did? Do you remember? I think I did one in 2020, but I think it had a sound problem, so I deleted it. It was about thrift stores in Brooklyn, how a lot of them, like you try to sell your, they're asking for shorts and you try to sell your- Wait, I think I saw that one. Your shorts. I did I did recreate it with good quali- okay. better quality, but that's the first one I filmed. Because sometimes you go there, you want to sell your clothes. Let's say they're asking for jeans and you have a- good quality jeans but you don't like them anymore so you want to sell them and they're like oh no we're actually looking for jeans from Levi's from 1995 so they can be really specific I think that that was the first skit I did but the first one I did that stayed oh my god I don't do you remember it was 2020 remember when during the campaign that Rudy Giuliani went with that the Four um, Seasons Landscaping? The Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> so I did one doing like a, that place, the secretary or the receptionist answering the phone and them telling her, oh, is this the Four Seasons? We want to do like a campaign there. And she was like, why? But yeah, whatever. The character I did was very like, I don't really care. So she just booked them. <laughs> so that was my first, I think that was my first one. I don't know if I did one before. But that, that, that was one that of the first ones getting, that got a lot of I was that about started to say. getting more views. Yeah. yeah. I might have done one before a few before, but that was the one that okay, this is getting because it was like October 2020. That one started to get more views. I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep doing these, start doing more skits. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so fun. No, I think I remember kind of seeing because I went through like I mm-hmm. was so like I loved your skits so much that I like went to your page and then started like going through all of them because I thought they were so funny 
Thank you. Do you think that you're like doing these skits has kind of helped your acting? I don't know. Because like you were saying earlier, acting is so much about other people. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. One of the when acting teachers tell you the definitions of acting, one of them is reacting to the other person. So it's like you don't I don't have anyone to react to. But it's it's like when you're when you're doing a monologue, you don't really have anyone to react to. So you have to imagine whoever you're speaking to or you're speaking to the audience or whatever. But since I'm doing skits that include two characters or more than an actual acting, I would have another person acting with me and I, I would be able to react to the other person. So right now you're having to react to yourself. Yeah, uh, not even myself, just looking into the having the phone in front of me and, and I'm there like watching myself sometimes. So I, I don't, I'm not really, re- I'm trying to react to whatever's happening. And sometimes I feel like it's forced, whether if I'm acting with another por- person, it, it feels more natural and it's easier. And it, I feel like I act better if I'm acting, I'm actually acting if I have another person with me. So I'm not, it does, I don't know if it's helping me. It helps me stay creative and expressing myself, but acting. Um, I'm but you sure. also have to like make those reactions to nothing, right? That's almost, yeah. it's almost like working with the group, like just like a green screen, right? With nothing there, but like a bag that has to be a monster, right? Mm-hmm. They're having, they're not reacting to anything. They're just yeah. reacting to this. So it's like voice acting too. Because in voice acting, a lot of the times the actors are by themselves in a studio. See, there you so go. I imagine you it you. might be something like that. Yeah. What was, because you were talking about your off, uh, I like you put four offs, off, off, off. It was very, off very Broadway. off, off, off. What was your first, like, because I'm sure every, with every job, because acting is really hard. So I'm just going to say mm-hmm. like, to go into that, First of all, it's a an art that I think people just sometimes don't realize. Like there's an art to acting. Yeah. But also like being a Latina and having certain ways and having like we know that the representation can be a lot better. I actually had a the very first live podcast event we had last year was in LA talking about representation in media. And we know that. 20%, over 20% of ticket sales, movie ticket sales are bought by the Latino community yet like 2%, yes. we have like 2% representation. So first of all, I'm just going to say for myself, like, thank you for just working on your craft and doing what you're doing because oh, thank you. nobody ever tells you what you're doing is really important. And if you don't ever see it, like somebody's looking at you going, I want to be like her and pursue my dreams. I want to be like her. like. So just know that, right? Like people appreciate seeing somebody who is Puerto Rican, who is Latina, who is working towards their dreams. We need to continue to uplift and praise each other for those things. Okay. I want to make you. sure that I means a that. lot. I don't really think about that when I'm doing my my skits because I'm always thinking about all oh, the representation in the movies, but I never think about my little skits in that way. So thank I mean, you. it's important to hear somebody who has a little bit of an accent, right? You mm-hmm. don't just because like, I apparently I have an accent when I say certain things. And when I'm in New York, everybody thinks I'm from New York. They always think I'm Puerto I get Puerto Rican. <laughs> That's cool. I, I actually think I get Puerto Rican before anything. I'm Mex- like I'm Mexican American, but everybody mm-hmm. always thinks I'm Puerto Rican, even here in California. But uh, I think that, you know, like I love how Salma Hayek did not get rid of her accent. You yeah. know, she could have taken, I love how Sofia Vergara did not get rid of her accent. They could have gone to ac- dialect coaches. They could have done that. And they didn't because it's part of who they are and it's part of where they came from. And so hearing that, and even though you're doing different emphasis and different things with your voice a little bit, still having that accent is, it's rad. I think it's so awesome that you can, you know, do that. Please don't ever lose your accent, please. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the thing is that it's sometimes it comes and goes because a lot of people tell me like, where's, where's your accent? So it, it depends on. Oh, the first here. time I heard you, I knew you were Latina. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. I I knew I wasn't, I was like, and then a couple of them, I'm like, she's Puerto Rican. I already know. Like <laughs> I knew after watching a couple of videos that she, that you were Puerto Rican. And then I don't even remember at what point I like 
I don't know, but I knew that, but I already instantly, the first video, I knew you're Latina. Yeah, no, a lot of people don't believe I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. When I moved to New York, a, a lot of people questioned, even other Puerto Ricans that grew up there. That grew up in Puerto like, or grew up in New York, New York? Puerto Ricans that grew up in New York that I worked with, they didn't believe me. And they were like, but wait, are, you, are your parents from there? Because you look Eastern European or they, they were like, or are you Irish? I mean, I, I do have a little bit of Irish ancestry, but that's another story. But yeah, they, they didn't believe that I actually grew up in, in Puerto Rico. And even if I had an accent, they were like, oh, they didn't believe that I speak Spanish. I, why do we do this to each other? Well, I want to talk like the last thing I want to kind of talk to you because you've, you've built this community, which it is a community mm -hmm. because you're, you know, when you do this and people are getting enjoyment of that. First of all, have you gotten any like crazy hate people on your? Yeah, there, there's this one person that uses, I think a lot of anonymous accounts, but I don't know if it's a he or she or I realized it was the same person because it they wrote the same thing in a lot of the videos and it it all had to do with my addiction. And it was always like, if you really want to make it into the acting world, you need speech classes. But it was in a lot of different videos and they were like, oh, you say you want to win an Oscar. You need to work on your speech. And there was a point where I thought, is this someone I know? Because they, they started writing, oh, you you dream around, uh, about acting. That has to be someone I know that has heard me talk about, oh, I dream about winning an Oscar and all of that. And it was like the same person with different accounts. Girl, I've dreamt about, about winning an Oscar. I don't even act. Yeah. Everyone. Like, yeah, with you. <laughs> it's like everyone's fantasy. But I, every time I clicked on that account, it was like one follower mm -hmm. and no picture. But the same comment in a lot of videos. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, girl, once this comes out, and I'm going to take that part that I said and send it to you so you can remind yourself. Thank you. Of what you're doing, right? Like, it's worth it. Truly, it's worth it. I try to learn different accents because for playing characters, I want to be able to play different types of people. Right. Yeah, but I think my voice comes and goes. I really have, it depends on... If I'm tired, if I've been speaking English all day, then I'm going to sound different if I've been speaking Spanish all day. So it's, it depends. Yeah. So obviously now you're being able to, to monetize in this TikTok thing, but that's not really what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how freaking awesome it is that you took this course at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. How did yeah. that come about? Like that is so Awesome. That's super prestigious. Yeah. So it was very last minute. It was in early October. I was here in Puerto Rico trying to figure out what was going to be my next move. And the actor strike was still going on at that point. And my plan was to go back to New York in October. But then I was like, wait, we still have the strike. They still haven't reached a deal. I miss acting a lot. And earlier this year, I was traveling for a bit. I spent some time in Spain, so went to Portugal, France. I've been to London before for short for a shorter amount of time. And I've, I've always loved London. I grew up watching Harry Potter. It's like one of my favorite cities that I've only spent a few days in before. So, and I've always heard about Rada, the school, how it's one of the best schools. A lot of the actors I admire went there. So I started Googling short acting courses. That course was starting on October 34th, 31st. So this was a few weeks before. And I applied. And then they told me that the class that was fully in person was full and that I was waitlisted. And then I asked them, but is there another option? They told me you could take some classes online, other classes in person. And I decided to do that. And I just booked the ticket and Airbnb and just flew there days before. So did, has what you've been doing on TikTok allowed you to do that? Yeah, that's the reason I was able to because I work from my phone making videos. So that's how I've been able to, to travel and was able to just pack my bags and go. Because if I had an actual job that I needed to go to, then I wasn't going to be able to. 
Girl, I am so excited for you. I can't wait to see what you do next. Seriously, I love that you have been able to find a way to continue, like to get something creative and silly out there, but also that is able to allow you to afford you to continue to follow your dreams. I love that for you. I want that more for everybody, right? That we're able to like follow that. I always allow people, if there's something I didn't ask, or if there's something you else you want to add, please do so now, because I want to make sure you're able to share everything that you want to share. Oh my God. I don't just ask me anything. <laughs> you can ask me anything. I have no idea. What's next? What's next for Lorena? So good question. Because I loved London so much. And I was actually thinking of going back there and spending more time there. So, and I also love Spain and they also have a good film industry. So that's been my dilemma for the past couple of weeks of should I go back to New York right now and settle there? Or should I just spend more time in London, even though I still don't have a visa to work there or go to Spain? So that's been my dilemma for the past few weeks of which place do I want to be in? It's a good dilemma to have. Yeah, it's it's a privilege to have this dilemma. It's not like, oh, for for little. (laughs) Yeah, for me, for little me. No, not at all. I love that. I've been, that's a, I am going to New York soon. I was just waiting on the winter storms to stop a bit because I've been tracking them. But I I was, I don't have an apartment right now because I left my apartment a year ago when I came to Puerto Rico and. So yeah, my stuff is in a storage in New York. So yeah, that's, I'm thinking, where am I going to go right now? Wherever you land, girl, I got your back. I support Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I have to go there to San Diego. Yes. Let me know. Yeah. TikTok, your Lorena Zoe, JT. Instagram, your Lorena Zoe. We will make sure that we put the links in the show notes. But Lorena, thank you so how okay no, you feel okay you. this was your first podcast how you feel yeah I mean I, I was nervous but it's been great it's really good. fun good and See? I, drinking wine not every podcast has wine I love I the name I love the name too oh thank you yeah no I mean look that's why I say I always get excited for somebody who's never been on a podcast because I feel I am all about amplifying and uplifting I don't want to be like a gotcha person look we're here to support each other there are so many other avenues where people can be, right? This is not one of those places. So uh, hopefully you had a good time and hopefully, you know, this gives you I a did. good taste of being a, on a podcast. And mi gente, until next time. Thank you. I love this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at The Wine and Chisme Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.